0: Third Sunday of Lent Prayer Psalm 95 Come, let us cry out with joy To Yahweh, I claim the rock of our salvation Let us come into His presence With thanksgiving, I claim Him with music Come, let us bow low and do reverence kneel before yahweh who made us for he is our god and we the people of his sheepfold the flock of his hand if only you would listen to him today do not harden your hearts as at Meribah, as at the time of massa in the desert when your ancestors challenged me put me to the test, and saw what I could do.
1: Reading the Word First Reading Exodus Chapter 17 Tormented by thirst, the people complained to Moses, Why did you bring us out of Egypt? They said, Only to make us Our children and our livestock die of thirst. Moses appealed to Yahweh for help. How am I to deal with these people? He said. Any moment they will stone me. Yahweh then said to Moses, Go on ahead of the people, taking some of the elders of Israel with you. In your hand, take the staff with which you struck the river and go. I shall be waiting for you there on the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock, and water will come out for the people to drink. This was what Moses did, with the elders of Israel looking on. He gave the place the names Massa and Meribah, because of the Israelites' contentiousness, and because they put Yahweh to the test by saying,
2: Is Yahweh with us or not? Second reading, Romans chapter 5. So then, now that we have been justified by faith, we are at peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It is through Him, by faith, that we have been admitted into God's favor in which we are living, and look forward exultantly to God's glory. Hope will not let us down, because the love of God has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit which has been given to us. When we were still helpless at the appointed time, Christ died for the godless. You could hardly find anyone ready to die even for someone upright, though it is just possible that for a really good person, someone might undertake to die. So it is proof of God's own love for us that Christ died for us While we were still sinners.
3: Gospel John chapter 4. On the way, he came to a Samaritan town called Sychar, near the land that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired by the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Give me something to drink. His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew. How is it that you ask me, a Samaritan, for something to drink? Jews, of course, do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus replied to her, If you only knew what God is offering and who it is that is saying to you, Give me something to drink, you would have been the one to ask, and he would have given you living water. You have no bucket, sir, she answered, and the well is deep. How do I get this living water? Are you a greater man than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it, himself, with his sons and his cattle. Jesus replied, Whoever drinks this water will be thirsty again, but no one who drinks from the water that I shall give will ever be thirsty again. The water that I shall give will become a spring of water within, welling up for eternal life. Sir, said the woman, give me some of that water so that I may never be thirsty or ever come again to draw water. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, though you say that Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Jesus said, Believe me, woman, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know, We worship what we do know, for salvation comes from the Jews. But the hour is coming. Indeed, is already here. When true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. That is the kind of worshipper the Father seeks. God is spirit, and those who worship must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah, that is, Christ, is coming, and when he comes, he will explain everything. Jesus said, That is who I am. I will speak to you. Many Samaritans of that town believed him on the strength of the woman's words of testimony. He told me everything I have done. So, when the Samaritans came up to him, they begged him to stay with them. He stayed for two days, and many more came to believe on the strength of the words he spoke to them. And they say to the woman, Now we believe no longer because of what you told us. We have heard him ourselves, and we know that he is indeed the Savior of the world.
4: Hearing the Word First, Walking the ways of the Lord doesn't preserve those on the journey from challenges and difficulties. During the Exodus, Moses and the Israelites, fleeing from Egyptian slavery, experienced an unexpected rescue from the Pharaoh's hand when Moses, upon God's command, parted the waters of the Red Sea. And the people, on dry ground, passed through the midst of the sea. This passage recalls the account of creation when God divided the waters to create dry land so that life can begin. The Israelites responded with a song of praise to their God and Savior. But just after experiencing God's saving power, the Israelites found themselves in the wilderness, facing the challenge of the desert journey. Lack of water put their lives in danger. They felt thirst. Since life cannot continue without water, and they saw no immediate remedy for their thirst, they began to grumble against Moses, whom they accused Of leading them to disaster. Thirst and fear robbed them of faith and trust in the saving presence of the Lord, despite the fact that they had just seen that saving presence manifested in the passage through dangerous waters. The Israelites lacked not only water, but above all, lacked faith in God, who accompanied. The biblical author concluded by naming the place where all this happened. Masa, which in Hebrew means to test, and Meribah, which means to quarrel. The Israelites, driven by physical test, quarreled there and tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord in our midst? Or not.
0: One of the key themes in Paul's letter to the Romans is justification. It is a complex concept that describes the relationship and interaction between the human being and God. In the opening verses of chapter 5, Paul refers to justification as simply having peace with God. This state of peace and grace was lost by the first man, Adam. After him, all of humanity became unrighteous, without grace and immortality. But in Christ, the new Adam, we have gained access to this grace in which we stand. Paul stresses the gratuity of this gift of grace. Without any merit on the part of human beings, grace and justification came through Christ's death. He did this while we were still sinners. Paul emphasizes that only with difficulty does one die for a just person. Christ, by dying for sinners, showed that God's grace is not achieved through our pursuit of perfection, but is a gift. The only response necessary to receive it is faith in Jesus Christ. In his complex explanation, Paul also alludes to the theme of thirst. He speaks about the love of God that has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. Without the gift of the Spirit, a person lacks the grace of justification. He or she is an empty vessel and someone thirsty for God and His grace. This thirst, this void, can only be satisfied and filled by Christ, who raises a person to the state of grace, that state of dignity for which God originally created humanity. Receiving Christ through
1: faith satisfies our inner thirst for God. The story in chapter 4 is located at Saika, a town in the region of Samaria. Despite many differences, the Samaritans had much in common with the Jews. They also believed in one God and waited for the Messiah. Yet. Because of a long and difficult history, between these two peoples, they were sworn enemies. They even avoided coming into contact with one another. Still, Jesus approaches a Samaritan woman with the request for a drink. Doing this, he crosses many taboos, the barrier of religious separation, which was strictly observed, and the gender divide which forbade association with women in public. He destroys these barriers and divisions with a simple petition, Give me a drink. Jesus' thirst is not physical. On the cross he cried, I thirst, but his real thirst was to fulfill the scripture by his death. John chapter 19. Obviously, his thirst in our story is not for water. Jesus thirsts for the woman's faith. The dialogue between the two takes place on two levels. Jesus, the one who initially asked for water, became the one to offer the water. Water, the main subject of the conversation, initially means the natural water. A liquid, which drawn from the well or spring, was called the living water. Different to the rainwater stored in underground cisterns, which was not fresh. However, water quickly comes to have spiritual meaning. Jesus' words, The water you offer satisfies thirst forever and is the source of eternal life. This water is the right relationship to God, expressed through worship in spirit and truth, as taught by Jesus the Messiah. The Samaritan woman recognized that, and in a petition, say give me this water I enabled jesus to offer her himself as the one who can quench the human thirst for god permanently the woman correctly recognized jesus as the messiah who will tell us everything in recognizing him as the true representative of god her thirst was quenched moreover her testimony to others led to them have their own They're satisfied because they came to believe in Jesus. The Samaritans' thirst for God was satisfied through accepting Jesus as the one who is the Messiah and truly the Savior of the world.
2: There is a thirst for God and longing for a life of dignity that is written in every human heart, as it was with the Israelites in the wilderness. This thirst is felt especially in the time of distress and insecurity and can lead us in the wrong direction, away from God. This thirst can only be quenched by Jesus. He offers the living water, welling up to eternal life. Through Him comes the gift of the Holy Spirit, who, according to Paul, pours God's love into our hearts, filling them with grace. The answer to our thirst lies in approaching Jesus to be filled with God's grace. He is the Messiah who came to teach us about God's ways and thus give us water to satisfy our thirst. He is also the one who through his death offered us the grace of justification which can satisfy our thirst for eternal life. The only thing required from us is faith that enables us to reach for that living water and satiate our thirst for God and life. With our thirst thus quenched, we will have no difficulty singing joyfully with the psalmist who called upon the Israelites to sing joyfully to the Lord, to cry out to the rock of our salvation. Listening to the
3: Word of God One of the basic things that archaeologists look out for when they set out to study places where human beings have lived is the availability of water. This is because water is a primary substance that informs the decision of settlers in their choice of a particular locality. Indeed, the search for water is a relentless one. In some rural parts of Africa and Asia, Women have to walk long distances in search of water and to carry it in pots or buckets on their heads. Indeed, water is life, and where there is no water, death rears its ugly head. Against this backdrop, one can appreciate the cry of the Israelites in the first reading. As slaves in Egypt, they did not lack water. Ironically, after crossing the waters of the Red Sea, they now stood in need of water. They could not halt their passions anymore and cried out to Moses, Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst? Their cry for water in itself was not wrong. After all, who else could they cry out to? in their need. However, their expressed inability to have confidence in the Lord in the face of this challenge became the major obstacle in their faith journey.
4: The physical pest of the Israelites can be transposed onto the spiritual plan where billions of human beings are in search of something that would quench their deepest spiritual thirst. Unfortunately, in this search, some have abandoned Jesus, the rock who provides living water, and dug for themselves boreholes that hold no water. In the process, some have fallen victim to fraudsters, False prophets who claim to have solutions to every problem have capitalized on this quest and built what looks like churches from the outside, but in reality are shrines for milking unsuspecting victims. Jesus, in the Gospel text, offers himself as the water that can quench that deep thirst in every one of us. The Samaritan woman. At the well with her jar is descriptive of each one of us in diverse ways. She went in search of that which can quench her thirst, and she found in Jesus the water that truly satisfies. There is an account proverb which says, It is the water that loves you that goes into your pot." Beyond the imageries of physical water and jar in the encounter between the Samaritan woman and Jesus is something that happens in any true encounter with the Lord. Paul describes it in these words. God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit which has been given to us.
3: In Jesus' God pours His love into hearts that are thirsty and willing to be repressed. Perhaps at this point in time in your life, you feel very dry inside. Maybe the jar of your heart is even broken and unable to hold any water. Jesus walks to each one of us today and says, Give me water. He asks this because He thirsts for our faith in Him. Faith heals broken hearts and makes water to gush out of the rock to feel, refresh, and revive them.
0: It is the water that loves that goes into your heart. Action. Self-examination. Am I experiencing emptiness and desolation in my journey of faith? Do I feel unloved and does nothing seem to work right for me? Response to God In the face of a challenge, one can choose to give up faith or hold on to faith. I choose to hold on to faith and to renew my commitment to God by spending more time in prayer and meditation on His Word. Response to Your World I will identify one spiritual practice that can help me satisfy my own spiritual thirst for God and practice it faithfully throughout this week. There are many people out there who want to give up on life. As a group, what steps can we take to search for such persons and, like the Samaritan woman, share with them our personal stories and experiences of Jesus Christ and thereby lead them to a renewed faith.
1: Lord Jesus, you are the giver of living water. You alone can satisfy my deepest need. I turn to you this day and humbly ask you to fill my heart with heavenly love. Amen.